right, hi folks, glad you're with us, and welcome aboard Philip Ward Show. It is 11.06 on the East Coast, 8.06 on the West Coast, and we are monitoring the results in the recall election of Gavin Newsom. Uh, polls have just closed um, in California, obviously three hours behind us here um, on the East Coast, and you know, I've been looking at the stats and 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 the news all day. You know, uh, given Larry Elder and the challenge that he's posing, we have a lot to come um, on Larry Elder. Some of this stuff, though, is insane. I mean, listen to this headline. Now, this was from uh, September first, Fox News reporting. George Soros, he who shall not be named. George Soros gives and listen to this another. $500,000 to pro Newsom effort, bringing total support $1 million. He who shall not be named has, have to get, has uh, had to give to Gavin Newsom. I mean, it's insane. And Larry Elder, I've been listening to him um, for months now, talking about this recall election. And and one of the stats that he's always brought up is that the median uh, household, you know, a price to buy a house in California, get this, and this is corroborated by Fox LA, the Californians, median home price, $813,000. I mean, it's insane. And all of this is because of Gavin Newsom. All of this is because of whacked out leftist, liberal, radical policies. And so we're going to find out soon enough. Um, well, I say soon enough. We'll, we'll start to get results um, coming in. By the way, I, I've got the uh, results in front of me here. Uh, L.A. Times uh, as well as Fox News. Uh, the L.A. Times, and they sort of uh, give you a timeline of what uh, things are going to look like. Um they have here 8 p.m., which it is, we're, we're just over 8 p.m. Um, uh, West Coast time. They write, polls are scheduled to close across the state. Then what county registrars have uh, already processed but not counted the roughly 9 million ballots that were cast before today. As soon as polls close, they begin tabulating uh, those ballots around 9 o'clock, which would be midnight here, roughly an hour after the polls close. Most counties expect to start reporting those early results. We don't yet know how many people voted on Election Day. Political analysts uh, have been expecting a total of just more than 13 million ballots cast. Uh, if so, those early ballots would represent almost 70% of the total uh, turnout. Early vote almost certainly will lean heavily to the Democratic side. A lot of Republicans influenced by former President Trump's attacks on mail-in voting, the LA Times writes, how dare President Trump talk about mail-in voting and how we can't confirm these identities from when these mail-in votes roll in. Uh, for the recall to be successful, requires a very large election, yada, yada, yada. Uh, around 11 p.m. West Coast time, counties will start reporting election day votes. Now listen to this, because this is just insanity, right? So today, it's the 14th. Now, September 21st, literally an entire week, that's the final day for ballots postmarked by today to arrive at election offices 
to be counted. So if tonight's vote is really close, well, it could be a while before we know the outcome. You know, I said it last night, folks. Do we really believe that this is going to be a safe and secure election? By the way, the first uh, results we got rolling in, uh, precincts in at 10%. Uh, yes for the recalls at 38.5%. No is at 61.5%, uh, but as expected. I mean, totally insane uh, in California. Larry Elder in the Washington Examiner today. Uh, they write conservative radio host Larry Elder didn't wait for the polls to close to claim the fix is in. Now, we were telling you about the reporting yesterday where uh, women at this one precinct were going in to vote. And the people working at the polling location are saying, uh, well, it says that you already voted. And they're like, what are you talking about? Right? Free and fair. Um, Elder, the leading Republican candidate for Tuesday's California gubernatorial recall election, alleging uh, that a statistical analyst, uh, analysis excuse me, to pinpoint fraud in elections detected fraud in California, resulting in Governor Gavin Newsom being reinstated as governor. Now, folks, I, you know, I think a lot of conservatives and Republicans are looking at this California recall election and thinking, listen, we all know that it is a long shot that in the deep blue USS, the United Socialist State of California, that it would be a, a, a long shot, you know, to say the very least, to actually have a Republican governor. Uh, I mean, I've been closely monitoring Larry Elder. His, his, he's gone all around the state. I've listened to Larry Elder on the radio for a long time. He is conservative as they come, the conservative values and the Gingrich contract with America, 1994, Limbaugh Congress, as I always describe the five principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, limited government, per, uh, government personal responsibility, and security at home and abroad. You know, that those are all principles that Larry Elder has fought for repeatedly while he's on the radio and something that he continues to fight for right here and now. Um, Public Policy Institute of California headline here, and uh, this is from this month, actually, nearly half of registered voters in California, Democrats, uh, Democrats, 46.5%. That's increased from 2017, where they, uh, where Democrats were in California, 44.8%, uh, while Republicans had 24.1%. That's declined 25.9% uh, they had in 2017. So, it's a long shot, yes, absolutely. But I tell you what, if I'm Larry Elder and I'm seeing that in deep blue California, George Soros is having to give a million dollars to Gavin Newsom's campaign, they're probably pretty terrified of Larry Elder. Now, on top of that, they had Joe Unity Biden who was campaigning in California last night. Um, and then, you know, all these wealthy, liberal, progressive donors. I mean, at this point, the Democratic Party has spent over $80 million on this recall election. I mean, I think that Larry Elder, if, and, and, and if he loses, which is a very huge possibility, he's run an incredible campaign. And if Democrats are having to spend $80 million on a recall election, in California, I think this is only good news for Republicans. Um, 
And the Washington Examiner writes an op-ed um, about that today that we'll get to uh, as the program progresses. Just taking a look at it, uh, we got precincts and now 15%, uh, 33.8% yes for to recall Gavin Newsom, no 66.2%. Um, and like I said, we'll continue to update you as the program rolls on. Now, we have... Big news that we have to get into concerning the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. Okay, now let me read you this headline. Former President Donald Trump saying today that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, committed treason. Whoa, that is big news. Now let me read you, uh, let me inform you what happened today. Longtime Washington Compost associate editor Bob Woodward and reporter Robert Costa claim in their forthcoming book uh, entitled Peril that Mark Milley made two calls to his Chinese counterpart, General Li Zhushang of the People's Liberation Army. The first call took place on October 30th, 2020. Now, this is while Donald Trump is still president and and, and in the buildup to our election. Shortly before the presidential election, while the second call took place on January 8th of this year, two days after the riot at the U.S. Capitol, the insurrection, as the Democratic Party calls it. Now, the Washington Compost reported that Milley's October call was prompted by intelligence that suggested the Chinese believe preparations by the U.S. to attack were underway. Now, that's pretty big reporting. But listen to this. Milley called Lee, now called the Chinese Communist Party, and said this, quote, General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. Quote, we are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. Milley then told Lee, now this is the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff in our country telling China that if Donald Trump, then President of the United States, ordered an attack against China, quote, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. You hear that, folks? Is that this is a guy that is supposed to be on our side? He's supposed to be representing the United States of America. If the president of the United States, who is the commander in chief, has to make a call, has to, God forbid, attack China, who's our biggest adversary. Now, you might forget that China, whether you like it or not, COVID coming from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, China started a world war without violence. Now, every single death is uh, the, the President Xi and the Chinese Communist Party, they have blood on their hands. But yet here's Milley calling them and saying, well, if there's an attack, uh, it's not going to be a surprise because I'm going to call you. Now, Donald Trump has responded to this saying, quote, if the story of dumb A-word, can't say it on radio, General Mark Milley, the same failed leader 
who engineered the worst withdrawal from a country, Afghanistan, in U.S. history, leaving behind many dead and wounded soldiers, many American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the newest and most sophisticated military equipment in the world, and our country's reputation is true, then I assume he would be tried for treason in that he would have been dealing with his Chinese counterpart behind the president's back and telling China he would give them a notification of an attack. Donald Trump writes, can't do that. The good news, he says, though, is that the story is fake news concocted by a weak and ineffective general together with two authors who I refuse to give an interview to because they write fiction, not fact. Action should be taken against Milley and better generals in our military, of which we have many, should get involved so that another Afghanistan disaster never happens again. Remember, I was the one who took out 100% of the ISIS caliphate. Milley said it couldn't be done. He writes, for the record, I never even thought of attacking China, and China knows that. The people that fabricated the story are sick and demented, and the people who print it are just as bad. In fact, I'm the only president in decades who didn't get the U.S. into a war, a well-known fact that is seldom reported. So, I, listen, if, if this reporting is true, and to be fair to uh, General Milley, Donald Trump saying that it's fake news, but if it's true, folks, General Mark Milley should resign on the spot. He should not be in the job a single second longer. And by the way, you know, we've already had calls of uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to resign. On top of that, Mark Milley to resign because of their complete surrender to the Taliban. But this is just crazy. It, it's exactly what Donald Trump calls it. This is treason. And you got to be careful now because the fake news will go around. And by the way, if this was a republic, they wouldn't be talking about if it's true. They would just be running with it. But on um, this program, we believe in giving the benefit of the doubt and being actually fair. Now, General Milley, though, in the past has done some very, very shady things. I can't, I don't trust the guy at all. Uh, New York Post. Now, this is on this January 8th phone call. Pelosi calls General Milley to block, quote, unhinged Trump from using nuclear codes. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the Pentagon's top general, and this was again on January 8th, and urged him to add extra precautions to stop what she called an unhinged President Trump from using the nuclear codes. Pelosi uh, said she made the call to Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman General Milley as pressure mounted for Trump to step down or be removed after the U.S. Capitol siege. Pelosi writing, This morning I spoke to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, to discuss available precautions for preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. I mean, isn't that hilarious? given how Joe Unity Biden is now in his mental state and how he's totally failing cognitively. Here's Nancy Pelosi, right, saying that Donald Trump is unstable. Uh, she wrote, the situation of this unhinged president, I mean, she hated Donald She still hates Donald Trump to this very day, hates him so much. She says, the situation of this unhinged president 
could not be more dangerous and we must do everything that we can to protect the american people uh now millie decorated uh decorated and respected general reportedly considered resigning in june over his role in president trump's photo op at the at a historic church now remember now millie said this millie apologized saying is well it was a mistake to appear in his combat fatigues and walk through the park with the president after they were saying that donald trump oh well donald trump used tear glass tear gas to clear supporters and then it was revealed that oh yeah this actually never happened and it was all a lie so that's and and, and folks that's not the only shady things that mark milley has done now new reporting today business insider writing a top u.s general said I agree with you on everything when Nancy Pelosi called Trump, quote, crazy after the Capitol riots. So now this is the second phone call that Pelosi has made to Mark Milley. And of course, you know, they write a top U.S. general. Of course, it's Mark Milley. Uh, Mark Milley reportedly agreed with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi when she said in January that President Trump was crazy. Again, according to this new book, uh, coming out, Bob Woodward and Robert Costa called Peril. The Post, the Compost, as we affectionately call it, the Compost, which obtained an early copy of the book, published details from it on uh, Tuesday, today. Now, the conversation took place on January 8th, two days after Trump incited his supporters to storm the Capitol. And I would really like to ask where in the transcript Donald Trump did that. You know, when he said go peacefully and patriotically and make your voices heard. And remember, on this program, we actually went through the entire transcript like I believe all senators and all congressmen and women should have done. Uh, I highly doubt that they did. A lot of them are just partisan hacks voted. Yeah, I, well, you could go either way with that. Just voted yes or no, de uh, depending on their party line. Uh but never in Donald Trump's speech on January 6th did he ever incite his supporters to storm the Capitol. That's a total joke. Anyway, um, besides, that's why we call it the Washington Compost. Anyway, Woodward and Costa obtained a transcript of Pelosi's phone call to U.S. General Mark Milley in which she said she wanted to know what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president. And again, as I previously read, Milley told Pelosi that there were a lot of checks in the system to prevent Trump from going rogue. Pelosi reportedly told Milley, he's crazy. You know he's crazy. He's crazy, and what he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness. Mark Milley responding to that, quote, I agree with you on everything. And then, of course, you know, here's, we have this reporting today where here's Milley, right, saying to his Chinese counterpart, this General Li Junsheng, that no, there's not going to be an attack because, you know, if there is, I'm going to give you a heads up about it. Folks, that is completely disgusting. Mark Milley, if, if, if that conversation is true, if this reporting is true, Mark Milley is a traitor the united states of america he should be tried for treason and on top of everything else totally violates the logan act but you know no one ever gets prosecuted under that i mean it's so bad you remember lieutenant colonel alexander vindman who was uh testifying against donald trump 
even Vinman saying today, quote, uh, if this is true, General Milley must resign. He usurped civilian authority, broke chain of command, and violated the sacrosanct principle of civilian control over the military. It's an extremely dangerous precedent. You can't simply walk away from that. I mean, that's that's insanity that here's Vinman breaking ranks and actually criticizing and calling for Millie to resign. Uh, another headline here when it comes to uh, uh, General Mark Milley, uh, this is uh, July 14th, quote, they're not going to effing succeed. Uh, Propaganda News, CNN, writing top generals fear Trump would attempt a coup after election. Uh, now, this is Mark Milley, uh, and in the book um, that came out at the time, this is what Milley, the authors explain in the book, Milley's growing concerns that personal moves that put Trump acolytes in positions of power at the Pentagon after the November 2020 election, including the firing of Defense Secretary Mark Esper and the resignation of uh, Attorney General William Barr, were the sign of something sinister. To come, Milley spoke to friends, lawmakers, and now remember Donald Trump is still the boss of Mark Milley at this point in time. He res he uh, responds to the commander in chief. Milley spoke to friends, lawmakers, and colleagues about the threat of a coup, and the Joint Chiefs Chairman felt he had to be quote on guard for what might come. Milley told his deputies, according to the authors. They may try, but they're not going to effing succeed. He says, quote, you can't do this without the military. You can't do this without the CIA and the FBI. We're the guys with the guns. Ahead of a November pro-Trump million MAGA march to protest the election results, Milley told AIDS he feared it could be the, quote, modern day American equivalent of brown shirts in the streets. I mean, it's insane. Now, all of this was going on while Mark Milley is supposed to be listening and taking orders from Donald Trump, who was then president of the United States. I mean, you, Donald Trump always, always, always spoke about the deep state. Folks, this is a prime, a perfect example of the deep state, a DC swamp creature who wants to make sure that his boss at the time, Donald Trump, who wants to make sure that the country succeeds, Mark Milley wanted to make sure that China was okay. Folks, if this reporting is true, this is complete and utter treason and just shows how much of a disaster not only the Biden administration has been and, you know, keeping on uh, white, and by the way, remember, uh, Mark Milley, was the one testifying said well well i want to know why i'm so angry and why white rage is a thing he's so concerned about that while still in afghanistan we still have hundreds maybe thousands of americans who've been abandoned by this administration as far as millie goes any american the 13 u.s service members you better believe he has blood on his hands any other american dies in afghanistan mark millie joe biden jen Psaki, 
Lloyd Austin, all these people, especially, and we'll get to him right now, the uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, who, again, uh, had to testify today in front of um, the Senate, though. They all have blood on their hands. America is always less safe, folks, when Democrats are in charge. Um, and like I said, if this reporting's true when it comes to Milley, he absolutely, I can't believe that I'm agreeing with Lieutenant Colonel Vindman that he should absolutely resign. And it's disgusting that he even went behind the president's back. Um, anyway, so Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, New York Post writing Blinken faces fury over Afghan exit as senators ask if Biden is actually in charge. Uh, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, testifying today, Blinken's second uh, consecutive day of uh, testifying, uh, was and, and this time he actually went to Capitol Hill uh, and he was um, uh, testifying in front of the Senate Foreign Relations uh, Committee. Uh, Blinken admitting during the hearing today, Blinken admitted that officials were still investigating whether a drone strike, remember as we reported on yesterday, at a suspected ISIS-K terrorist accidentally killed an Afghan aid worker and nine family members, including seven children. So he says, uh, we're still investigating that. Well, they haven't named who the ISIS-K terrorists that they were trying to kill, they haven't named who that was yet. It's, and, and again, it was the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost who was reporting on that. It wasn't conservative publications. Uh, Blinken tried to downplay the number of child brides being brought to the U.S. by Afghan refugees. Ted, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas grilled the living you-know-what out of Anthony Blinken um, on that. Blinken's claim uh, that no one expected Kabul to fall before the U.S. military left was countered by months of intelligence warnings that the situation in Afghanistan was, quote, going to hit the fan. Now, Blinken took repeated hits from the committee's GOP members, including ranking member Senator James Risch of Idaho, who I think folks did a tremendous, tremendous job today, blasted the withdrawal. Also, you could call it the surrender to the Taliban as a dismal failure, saying, quote, there's not enough lipstick in the world to put on this pig to make it look any different than what it actually is. Uh, Rish also demanded to know who is in the White House, who in the White House is in charge of ending the official live stream coverage of Biden's appearances as uh, happened mid-sentence Monday during a meeting in Boise, Idaho. Now, when Blinken said that Biden speaks very clearly and very deliberately for himself, uh, Rish asked, well, are you saying that there is no one in the White House that can cut him off? Now, remember, we also heard reporting out there that uh, White House staffers, sometimes they don't even want to listen to Joe Unity talk. Sometimes they're like, oh, my God, we have to mute this. This is so bad. Uh, Rich asked and said, uh, because yesterday that happened and it's happened a number of times before that. It's been widely reported. Somebody has the ability to push the button and cut off his sound and stop him from speaking? Who is that person? He asked. says, this is a puppeteer act, if you would, and we need to know who is in charge and who is making the decisions. Uh, the chairman, Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, 
Even he was criticized in the Biden administration and Anthony Blinken saying, quote, the execution of the U.S. withdrawal was clearly and fatally flawed. Quote, this committee expects to receive a full explanation of the administration's decisions on Afghanistan since coming into office last January. Uh, January. Menendez, uh, who's, a, who's one of a handful of Democratic hawks, adding there has to be accountability. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, who always, always does an incredible job. Senator Rand Paul pressing Blinken on who exactly was killed in the August 29th American drone strike that followed the deadly ISIS-K uh, suicide bombing. Uh, Blinken said that uh, it was still unclear. Paul said, so, so you don't know? or you won't tell us? Blinken said, uh, uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't know, but uh, uh, we're reviewing it. Well, Senator Rand Paul said, you'd think you'd know, you'd think you'd kind of know, because you off somebody with a predator drone, whether he, you don't know whether he's an aid worker or he's ISIS-K. And the thing is, there is blowback to that. He says, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I see these pictures of these beautiful children that were killed in the attack. If that's true, and not propaganda, if that's true, guess what? Maybe you've created hundreds of thousands of new potential terrorists from bombing the wrong people. I mean, folks, that's a perfect example of elections have consequences. Senator Marco Rubio telling Blinken that the most troubling thing he'd said in his opening statement was the claim that even the most pessimistic assessment did not predict the government forces in Kabul would collapse while U.S. forces remained. He said, you know, for much of last year, I was acting chairman of intelligence and I am the vice chairman of intelligence. I've been tracking this very closely. Just going back to the beginning of this year, I, I can't quote the titles of the pieces, but let me suffice to say that there are numerous pieces that could be categorized as, quote, it was going to hit the fan. Rubio added, I think any an analysis of these pieces would have led everyone to that conclusion. Rubio said, China, Russia, Iran, so far away. They look at this botched withdrawal and what they see as incompetence that they think they might be able to exploit. Uh, Senator Bill uh, Hagerty from Tennessee telling Blinken there must be accountability. Said, quote, my office and other congressional offices have heard rumors regarding potential cabinet resignations over the situation in Afghanistan. So I want to ask you, have you submitted your resignation regarding this issue? And of course, uh, uh, Secretary, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, uh, I have not. Uh, also, Senator Ted Cruz, who I think did a phenomenal job, saying, uh, quote, not only did you fail to evacuate Americans and green card holders who were there, but you also brought in tens of thousands of Afghans who had wholly inadequate vetting, bringing many of them to the United States. And one of the things that that has done is that uh is that has brought in humanitarian aid to america child marriage domestic abuse tragically are widespread in afghanistan crew said also noting that the world health organization reports that more than half of the women in afghanistan 
are married as child brides, 90% of women subject to domestic abuse. He said, quote, on August 27th, according to public records, you distributed internal documentation highlighting numerous instances and intake centers of sexual abuse in which much older grown Afghan males appeared with children, young children, claimed they were their brides, claimed they were their wives, and the document said the State Department urgently requested guidance. Cruz asked, my question is as follows. Did you receive that urgent guidance? How many children have been subject to sexual abuse? What have you done to rescue young children from illegal and abusive relationships after being brought to America by the State Department? And Blinken, because he doesn't know anything, I'm telling you folks, he's one of the stupidest idiots who's ever had a powerful position like he's in right now. He says, well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm unaware of the specific guidance you're referring to, but, but you know, I, I'd, be happy to, I'd be happy to look at it. Just a total and complete idiot who has totally embarrassed himself for the past two days uh, while he was, I, I guess you could say, probably trying to uh, testify. Um, all right, so uh, that's basically the, uh, the uh, big news of the day. I want to get back into the uh, California recall election. Washington Examiner Tory Richards writing today, California recall election, everything you need to know. Governor Gavin Newsom's political life hinges on his handling of the pan-slash-plandemic economy, homelessness, and crime, four issues in which the Golden State has lingered near dead last. And I have to point out as well, I was watching um, Fox's coverage earlier, Larry Elder um, was actually on Fox News and was saying, listen, we have long lines and long lines are good uh, for Larry Elder, seeing as how, you know, if turnout is up, then it seems as though more people are upset with Gavin Newsom. And by the way, why wouldn't you be upset with Gavin Newsom? Carl DeMaio, one of the recall uh, organizers and founder of the uh, Political Action Committee, Reform California, says, quote, the best description of California is some third world country after decades of civil war. It says power is out. We don't have water. Fires are raging everywhere. People are living in the streets and criminal warlords run the show. We have the highest taxes and by every measure, it is the worst state to live in. Now, uh, they uh, write eight uh, answers to eight pressing questions about the recall. And, you know, go on to the news article, da, 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 boring, boring. Who is behind the recall? How does the recall work? Uh, is anyone interested on the ballot? Of course, Larry Elder has a recall ever succeeded. And by the way, I did not know that. Yes, uh, despite 55 attempts, only Hollywood action hero and centrist Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger was successful, uh, elected in 2003. Now, this is the most important question about it, though. What are the biggest reasons for the recall? After the pan slash pandemic hit, Newsom shut down the state, targeted businesses, schools, and beaches in one of the most draconian lockdowns in the country. Reopenings hinged on meeting infection levels and hospital occupancy rates on a slow-moving color-coded tier system. The shutdown lasted a year, causing an exodus to other states by 
businesses and residents, many of whom said they moved because their children were missing too much school. In addition, California was among the slowest states to have a vaccine rollout for the general public. And when the state slid back into a level of lockdown again earlier this year, voters had enough. During the shutdown, news reports showed that Newsom and his wife dined with lobbyists. Remember this, the French Laundry restaurant in Napa Valley. Uh, the diners were not social distancing or wearing masks. Two directives from the Newsom administration. And Larry Elder, by the way, on his uh, campaign trail has pointed out every single bit of this and actually has said, well, Democrats, can anyone who comes here to campaign for Gavin Newsom, they can't say Gavin Newsom has done a good job here there. By the way, as far as the precincts go, an update for you here. California recall, uh, yes, 32.6%, no, 67.4%. Um, in addition, his four children attended private schools uh, while parents battled school boards and teachers unions over an indefinite public education hiatus. Uh, and then they write, you know, will this really work? What do the polls say? And uh, folks, we know all about that. But this is something that I wanted to get into. And this is about Larry Elder and how the media has treated Larry Elder throughout this. Now, remember, Larry Elder is a is a black American. You know, and he said it himself, listen, if I had a D next to my name, well, the things that have happened to me, especially the uh, crazy, whacked out leftist Antifa, you know, type woman with the gorilla mask on who was throwing eggs at his campaign and his campaign associates. If, if Larry Elder was a Democrat, that would be all over the mainstream media. Remember he had the LA Times column calling Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy la and by the way a lot a lot of um uh the media the la times just completely disgusting totally unfair totally biased against larry elder uh, another la times columnist gene guerrero was her name said on sunday that larry elder is a quote very real threat to communities of color i mean really larry elder who is a man of color uh, Elder did not had to deny this political report that he brandished a gun at a former fiance. Elder forcefully denied an August claim published by Politico from his former fiance that he brandished a gun during an argument that he uh, the two had in 2015. Uh, Alexandra Datig told Politico she broke off their 18-month engagement in 2015 after Elder where to, uh, after Elder waved a gun. At her, Larry Elder, by the way, said, I have never brandished a gun at anyone. I grew up in South Central. I know exactly how destructive this type of behavior is. It's not me. And everyone who knows me knows it's not me. Uh, spoke about how they completely could care less about the whole egg attack thing that happened. LA Times, again, downplaying racially charged attack with misleading tweets uh the liberal newspaper tweeted larry elder cut short venus homeless encampment tour after hostile reception with and this was without mentioning that the black republican was attacked by a white person in a gorilla mask uh la times then followed up with another shocking tweet run reporting that the los angeles police department is investigating the attack on elder saying quote LAPD is investigating altercation involving Larry Elder at Venus Homeless Encampment. 
uh, the image uh, and the Times tweeted alongside a photo of Elder where him touching the face of this female supporter, which he was hugging or herself tweeted it out and said, yeah, we were just hugging. And then they literally had to change the photo from Elder with his fa uh, hand on her face to literally just him, you know, walking through the streets, disgusting the way the LA Times has treated Larry Elder. Uh, another LA Times column uh, called Larry Elder a quote model minority who said that uh, who says what whites love to hear about black people. I mean, it's completely and utterly disgusting. And you know, with uh, uh, still at 58% precinct in yes, 32.7%, no, 67.3%. Uh, you know, listen, if, if, if Larry Elder doesn't win, you know, and, and Gavin Newsom isn't recalled, Larry Elder, folks, has nothing at all to be ashamed about. You know, this is a state where it's two to one as far as Democrats go. Um, and this, the Washington Examiner uh, op-ed that Zachary uh, uh, Fariah writes, quote, no, the California recall doesn't give Democrats a national strategy in 2022. I agree with every single word of it. He writes, there will be, there will certainly be lessons to learn from the California recall once the state's notoriously slow ballot counting determines a winner. But the idea that fortune favors Democrats if Gavin Newsom manages to hang on, that's just silly, he writes. Uh, Andrew Romano has made this assertion at Yahoo News, and here's the headline. With Newsom poised to win California recall, another indication COVID politics may be starting to favor, favor Democrats over Republicans. Well, Faraya uh, writes, that is certainly wishful thinking. In a state where registered Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one, Newsom was always the favorite to win. The reason the recall was newsworthy was precisely that for a time, it looked like recall supporters could defy political gravity and remove the Democratic governor of one of the most Democratic states in the country. Newsom won in 2018 in a landslide. The last three gubernatorial elections have seen Democrats increase their share of the vote. The takeaway is not that if Newsom wins, then Democrats can collect victories in 2022 by following his strategy. The takeaway will be that California is still a blue state and Newsom rode the Delta variant surge to victory. Mind you, without the heavy lockdowns he had imposed, which inspired the recall in a state predisposed to electing Democrats. This is not to say Democrats cannot win, but many things are going badly for them right now. President Biden's approval on COVID, once the crutch of his administration has fallen drastically, propaganda news, CNN's Harry Etnan noted that at the end of August, Biden's approval rating on the coronavirus had consistently been in the 60s for the first six months of his presidency. That declined to the high 50s in July and has been sunk to the uh, 50s in the month of August. According to a Gallup survey released last week, Biden's underwater on COVID for the first time in his presidency. This doesn't change just because Democrats win an election in a state where they always win. Surviving an election you should win easily isn't an accomplishment, and it definitely 
isn't a strategy for winning elsewhere. Folks, as I say now, I totally agree. Gavin Newsom should win the recall election. Um, and as we are uh, reporting right now, it looks as if the AP uh, California governor, Gavin Newsom, survives recall vote. It, folks, I to me, I don't think that it's anything that Gavin Newsom or Democrats in California should be celebrating at all. This is after they had to spend over $80 million on this. And then they had to go out and get he who shall not be named George Soros to spend $1 million for Gavin Newsom. Um, so, you know, it looks like the reporting is true and that this has been confirmed that Gavin Newsom uh, is going to survive the California recall. I have to say, I think Larry Elder ran an incredibly great campaign. Um, but folks, I, this isn't a surprise. You know, we, we always felt that something like this was going to happen. Obviously, you know, there's an outside chance that we could have had a Republican governor. The, I, I think that the state would be in much better shape. But California, I mean, talk, if you make your own bed, you can lie in it. And California, if they want to continue with Gavin Newsom as they voted to do tonight, then then so be it. And, and But think about this, folks. In a deep deep blue state and we call them the uss the united socialist state for a reason they had to spend over 80 million dollars to make sure that gavin newsom wasn't recalled folks uh, as far as the biden administration goes we have 1223 days left to go